0: You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. There's enough manna for everyone. It belongs to, to all of us. It's a gift. Stop standing in the way of others thriving and believe that your own thriving is dependent on theirs. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 340, and our title this week is Enough Room for Us All. In Luke's gospel, Luke 12, 32, we read, It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In Luke, Jesus says these words to those who are afraid of of giving up their privilege. They're afraid that working toward a more just world will cause them to go without. They've put their trust in hoarded means of survival, means that have been gathered or hoarded at the expense of others' ability to survive and thrive. A few years back, two of my children sat at the breakfast table one morning before heading off to school, and my daughter, my eldest daughter, she tried to correct something her younger brother was doing, and he was not having any of it. What began as correction quickly escalated to resistance and a near verbal war it was too early in the morning for these shenanigans for my wife So, so Crystal broke in and she first addressed our daughter at the top of her voice she said you are not his mother I am if you have a problem with something he's doing you bring it to me and let me deal with it now apologize to him and then Crystal spoke to our son this is your sister and although she was overstepping her place as your sister she's still your sister and the words you said to her were unkind. You apologize to her now. And and, and both ended up giving... Uh, reluctant apologies. This is an ancient narrative within many cultures. At the very beginning of the Hebrew Scriptures, there's a conflict between two siblings, and that conflict ends in murder. Some scholars understand the story of Cain and Abel to represent the conflict between the settled agriculture communities and the nomadic shepherding communities of that time. This is a story of the beginnings of early land disputes, disputes over resources and and possibly resources being hoarded and needed for for everyone to survive and thrive. Abel, remember, in the story was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Ancient wars between the stationary tillers of the soil and the nomadic livestock herders, it marked the transition from that hunter-gathering stage to the agrarian society and think of the the older sibling and the younger sibling dynamic in every family then add to this a narrative where the older is the oppressive landowner and the younger is the nomadic uh, uh, herder imagine tillers of the soil being the the dominant group and the herders being the hated and and the marginalized. Put those glasses on and then go reread the story uh, of those two brothers. In Genesis 4, 3 through 5 we read, In the course of time Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground and Abel for his part brought the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his Offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. As in the crucifixion and the resurrection narrative that we've been discussing over the last few weeks, though oppressors often claim that God is on our side, the God of this Genesis story. It shows regard for the victim of systemic injustice it says so Cain was very angry Cain said to his brother Abel let us go out into the field and when they were in the field Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him God then in the story comes to Cain saying your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground and Cain must now in the story adopt the same social location that his brother Abel lived in as a nomad. Remember the nomads were the marginalized, those that went from place to place while the, the more established landowners, they were the the agriculture, the, 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 they were the ones that tilled the soil. And, and Cain now has to switch locations from a tiller of the soil to being as a nomad. He, he must learn from experience what it was like to be marginalized like his brother. The story reads, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, "My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today, you have driven me away from the soil. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth." In Luke 12, which is where we started, Luke 12:32 there's a similar lesson for the canes in the society that Jesus lived in it culminates in Jesus assuring those who have more than they could possibly need those that were afraid to let go and and share it with the poor he assures them it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom in that chapter a brother asked Jesus to be his arbiter and divide up an inheritance between him and his other brother Jesus then tells a radical story that reveals that this squabble between brothers was just another repetition of history. Cain was about to kill Abel once again. Jesus contrasts those historic human social arrangements with the the path of justice that he was calling his listeners to embrace. Jesus's gospel was of a world, not of scarcity and anxiety and a Accumulation and territorialism and violence. Jesus' gospel was of a world uh, where where there was not only enough for a, a few, there was enough of uh, for everyone. There wasn't this limited amount uh, uh, of what we needed to thrive. His gospel was one of abundance, a gospel where each day offers enough for us all, enough for everyone. Our hope for the future is in our ability to cooperate with one another, to to, to make sure that we all have what we need. Uh, This is through a a mutual sharing that assures us that no matter what the future brings, we've got each other's back. It's a gospel of caring and sharing with a faith that if I supplied someone's need today, I'm creating a community where tomorrow I will have others around me that will help me too if if the need arises. When we practice the worldview of of Cain, whether it be politically, economically, socially, or religiously, we reveal that our faith or assurance of life, it depends on excluding or othering or marginalizing someone else. And in the place of our our, our broken Cain narrative, Jesus is offering the narrative of God's just future, uh, what the gospel authors call the kingdom. Jesus calls us to trust that there really is enough for everyone in a world where, where everyone has enough to thrive. Uh, gratitude, it replaces our, our deep survival anxiety. The world we create by rejecting the way of greed is a world of sharing rather than accumulation. It's of giving free rather than territorialism. And it's of peacemaking that's rooted in a a distributive justice instead of of violence. Uh, The story in Luke 12 ends with brothers not having to fight for their place in the new future. It is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Not one person where you have to fight over it. You don't have to fight each other for your place. There's enough for everyone. America's chaos right now is just another example of the narrative of scarcity, anxiety, accumulation, and territorialism that erupts in in violence. We have a chance right now to move away from our most ugly impulses to listen to uh, our better angels, as President Lincoln said. This is a moment with grave consequences. And we have to ask ourselves, will we work toward a, a more just future or will our nation continue to fail to live up to its high ideals. With Jesus' statement that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the author of Luke's gospel is saying that we don't have to fight each other for our survival. We can come together. We can work together to ensure that each of us has what we need. There's enough room at the table. Uh, This kind of belief, it frees Cain and Abel's to no longer be oppressors or oppressed, but rather to be members of a radically new way of arranging life here on earth. In Jesus's vision for human society, there's no more survival at someone else's expense. And to use another story in Luke's gospel, Luke 15, our call today is to reject the narrative of the older brother who cannot stomach the inclusion and celebration of his younger sibling. Reread the parable of the prodigal son through the lens of the Cain and Abel narrative, Luke's Jesus over and over again is whispering to us that if any are left out at last it won't be because they could not achieve some privilege for themselves. Instead it'll be because they could not accept the inclusion of someone else that they thought should be excluded. Embracing the the other as a child of God too, as a fellow bearer of the image of the divine, it transforms all of us into the kind of people that can create a new world. We can bend the arc of the universe toward justice, but none of us can do it without transformation. And if this causes... Cain-like responses inside your heart, I encourage you to spend more time quietly contemplating this week's passage in its context in Luke 12. We are all siblings. We are part, all of us, of the same human family, all children of the same divine parents. And wherever this finds you this week, Jesus' message to you is it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There's enough mana for everyone. It belongs to to all of us as a gift. Stop standing in the way of others thriving and believe that your own thriving is dependent on theirs. Injustice anywhere, remember, is a threat to justice everywhere. We are connected and like it or not, we are part of one another. A more just future is possible and right now is our moment to choose to move toward it heart group application this week we at renewed heart ministries we're continuing to ask all heart groups not to meet together physically at this time please stay virtually connected and and continue to practice that your physical distancing when you go out remember to keep six foot distance between you and others and and wear a ma- wear your mask please wear your mask and continue to wash your hands to to stop the spread of this virus. This is also a time. Remember where we can practice the resource sharing, the mutual aid that's found in the gospels, and the prioritizing of those that are the most vulnerable among us. Come up with new ways during this time, creative ways where you can take care of each other. Number one this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-Site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, Discuss with your art group uh, ways that we are all connected. How have you witnessed injustice anywhere uh, being a threat to justice everywhere? And number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, just, compassionate home for everyone. Discuss this with your group, then pick something from the discussion and begin putting it into practice. Thanks for checking in with us today. Thank you for listening right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.